Welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. We're going to talk about a movie we watched that we assume will be terrible. And in case you think that sounds like every bad movie podcast, let me just state, it's not a bad movie, it's a made-for-TV bad movie. Or, in this case, a movie that should have been made for TV. And wasn't. And had an actual release date. (laughs) Kathleen, what movie did we see? Uh, it's called Kate's Addiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, I don't even remember what it's oh, called. It's so Hi, bad. Kathy here. Um, so, okay, let's first premise this by we decided to go for a short while cableless. And you're like, oh no, the horror. Or some people are like, I've been cableless for years. Okay, so anyway, we were trying to find ourselves a Lifetime movie or, you know, a Hallmark movie or one of those. And so when we were going through them, we tried a couple, and let me tell you, they were awful, but not awful enough. They're more like, wow, we can't mock that. That's just so awful. And content. And things that were very dramatic that we didn't feel comfortable making fun of. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have to have some boundaries. (laughs) So we wanted to pick this movie. It had no cover on it. It just had the title. And... We picked it, and we thought it was a Lifetime movie, but then... We did search using the term Lifetime. Right. And the title did not say Lifetime, and yet it still came up along with all the other movies that were like Lifetime movies, and in some cases were Lifetime movies. And when you start watching it, the quality of the filming, (laughs) the music score, you know, it looked like a television movie, but then all of a sudden... And even the, like, the, the subject, it says, like... A woman gets jealous of her friend and manipulates her to not be with her boyfriend and then escalates to murder or something. And we're like, oh, that sounds like Lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it did. And it even looked like. And so we thought, okay. We got about a certain way in. And then all of a sudden there was a little bit of language. And we're like, wait, wait a minute. Television? No. Yeah. And then when we got to some, I will say this is an R-rated movie. <laughs> there is some brief nudity and some sexual scenes that are not for. Uh, people under whatever age you want to say. But, uh, <laughs> you can decide that for your own children. Right, right. That's true, true. <laughs> we will not make any calls on that. But it was definitely R-rated. Uh, and that's when we realized, what? And then we looked it up, and that's when we realized this had been released not to TV, which I thought, well, maybe it was on some weird channel. Like HBO or something. Yeah. But it was released directly to, like, as a Cinemas. Which, it is nowhere near good enough for that. I want to tell you, this movie was an hour and 30 minutes, Oh, and we were like, after we watched it for literally 40 minutes, and we thought, oh, we must be almost done. And then yeah, there's like and... 20 minutes left of this movie, right? <laughs> we realized we weren't even halfway through. It was it was yeah. so awful. We want to say right now, we are, really don't normally say this, because some movies are so good, they're good, they're bad, you know? So bad, they're good? So yeah. bad, they're good. That's yeah. it. Yeah. This one wasn't one of those. This one no, was like... No, stay away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This was strange. It was a very... Oof. The pacing was weird. The yeah. content was strange. But the pacing was just... Oh, yeah. So, okay. anyway. So, now we'll start and tell you about the story. But we just so. had to clarify that in this one case, this is not exactly a made-for-television movie, but it looked like one. Right. It's very nearly one. Um, except for the language and sexual content. <laughs> Which, you know, some people might think adds to it. We're just saying... it. Obviously, we were like, whoa. and Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, we start off with the main baddie, Kate, watching old home video of herself with her college chum, whose name was something. What was her name? I don't know. She's blonde. You can tell them apart because one is blonde 
and one is brunette. And I was like, <laughs> what? You know, what are they always saying about brunettes? The brunettes are crazy? I'm like, no, it's redheads. And then she dyes her hair to red, and I go, see? <laughs> yeah, we were joking around about how blondes are always the heroines, brunettes are always evil, and redheads are always sluts. And then, like, five seconds later, she dyes her hair red. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. Villain and she's, slut. Right, she's a villain and a slut. Great. Um, but yeah, she has the wiggiest wig that ever wigged at the beginning, that brown hair. Yeah. That was really crazy looking. Yeah, and then later that must have been her natural hair because it didn't look so bad. Or maybe it's just a better wig. Maybe, maybe. they were like, you know, we'll put more money in the one you're going to wear throughout most of the night. Right. <laughs> or maybe it was her natural hair. That's what it looked like. So she hires a private eye to track down her college chum, and um, she lives in New Orleans, and I guess she has a friend going to Tulane or somewhere, and she's like, you should come with me. Okay, wait, to clarify, (laughs) sorry. There's the one best friend, and she's right now in California. The main character is in New Orleans, finishing up school, and she has got a roomie or something who is a third character a third girl with blonde hair right who actually does not turn out to be all that good poor drug addicted girl but yes so sorry it was just a little unclear with the okay so uh she she tries to convince this pixie haircut girl to come with her and And she's like no i've got two more finals i gotta finish those finals and then she ends up going anyways so i guess she just drops out of school so she can hang out with the villain Kate in California. <laughs> and we learn more about the relationship later. Right now all we know is that somehow they're friends and somehow Kate has marijuana. And so therefore <laughs> that was all it took for the girl not to finish her two, you know, exams and go with her. So That was strange. I guess maybe they had I mean, later they're in bed together. So they have some sort of sexual relationship and Kate is the one with the weed. But it's like you're in college. You could probably sleep with other people and get weed from other people. Like, are you in love with this person? And that was I the guess. thing. I think by the <laughs> end, we realized that she was in love with her and that she wasn't just, it wasn't just the addiction to the weed and that she would follow her anywhere because she was just a, a personality who obviously needed you know, a dominant character right. to follow. But it was like, you didn't know that until later. And so when you're first watching, you're going, really, really yeah. you're about to finish college or at least that semester. <laughs> and you're going to walk flush it all the toilet for weed. I mean, we were just, it was strange. <laughs> it was strange. And this is five minutes into the movie. And so then they have like this grand montage about how cool California is. Megan hates montages. <laughs> I hate montages so much. <laughs> And, uh, oh yeah, the first indication that Kate is a little creepy is when um, the pixie haircut girl is like, I don't know if I should go to California. And then Kate says, you will. And then next thing, montage, we're having such a good time in California. But yeah, uh, you don't mess with Kate is basically what it comes down to. So um, she just shows up at the door of her college chum and uh, the live-in boyfriends of the college chum answers the door. And I guess her name is Sarah, right? The blonde? That sounds about right. Okay. So Sarah's boyfriend comes to the door and he's like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm Kate Kate. from (laughs) college. And he's like, oh, I've heard so much about you. Come on in. And, um, 
we see Sarah for the first time in one of her amazing robes. She has two really beautiful silk robes early on. And then later when she's sad, she's wearing just like a ratty terry cloth one. So a lot going on with costuming in this movie. <laughs> um, then there's like surfer bro dude who is the brother, Ezra, of the, the boyfriend. boyfriend whose name I've forgotten. And he does a full like body roll in order to get into a handshake. And I think it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah. What's interesting about this movie is, I mean, we're all supposed to know that this girl's psycho. Yeah, but they then, don't hide that. It's right. not That's not the shocking. Right. But they kind of almost try and act like, well, let's show a little bit like how the friend can't see it, how she acts normal when other people are around. And I always find that, that I mean, that's really strange because she meets with these people. Everything's like a little bizarre because... Her friend's so surprised to see her, gives her a hug, and then all of a sudden they're talking about other things, and it was as if... Yeah, and they're just mixing drinks, and they uh, drink a lot. <laughs> well, not only drink a lot, but margaritas. I mean, it's constantly margaritas. <laughs> I mean, every scene, someone's got a pitcher of margaritas. And I'm like, I mean, don't be wrong, I love a good margarita. But really, all the time, that seems to be all they drink. These people are being dehydrated. It's just that <laughs> Just that amount of acid alone from that amount of lime juice. I'm telling you. And the salt, I mean, they've got to be bloated from all those. Yeah. The water, you know, the... Margaritas just flow in this movie. It, a lot. I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I would think it would be more fun if every scene was like, and then here's a pina colada, and here's a strawberry daiquiri. You know, it would be more yeah. fun if they had different drinks each time, but... Anyway. And I have to imagine they're all warm because they don't have it on the rocks and they don't have it blended. It's always oh, just they, have it they did have it blended. Mm -hmm. It always, always looked that was always coming from a really blender. like not that icy. Not yeah, icy. But it always came from a blender. It was always pretty cold. But um, oh well, the part that was interesting was there was one valid point that Kate had in this scene. So she's talking to her and they're talking about that night they've got this party to go to, which Kate already knows about because her private investigator found out about this. Which is kind of one of the reasons why it's Kate's go over the bender, because turns out Sarah had always promised to come back to New Orleans, and they were going to open a flower shop together. And she meets this guy, realizes she's happy here, and this is where she wants to be, and she buys a house and moves in with this guy, all without telling yeah. Kate. Now, this yeah, is a that, valid upset. <laughs> yeah, that is a valid reason to be upset with someone. If you're like, we're going to have a business venture, yeah. and then they're like, no, we're not, but they don't tell you. Right. <laughs> they just move on with their life and never contact you again. I mean, and even if it had been a vague promise, you should talk to them. But in this case, they literally had already found a place that they were going to rent. And, you know, they yeah. hadn't actually rented it yet. But so I have to admit that, you know, on that level, I think she had a valid point to be upset, you know. Um, but of course, then, I mean, that was the only valid normal thing. Everything <laughs> yeah, else, everything was, else is just crazy. Yeah. So she's getting jealous and she's unhappy. And uh, all of a sudden the boyfriend says, you know, we've, about to hit our six-month anniversary, me and Sarah, and I want to propose. And the girl's like, her eyes do the almost eye roll, you know, <laughs> demon possession. No! Like, no! <laughs> but he and, doesn't notice. No, and he's, he's like, like hey, everything's cool. She's going to go and help me pick it out, but can you come with me instead? And she's like, okay, fine. And this is where the movie, that's seriously, I don't even think we're 15 minutes in. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes in. Oh my gosh. Maybe a little I, earlier. It, well, first of all, longest 15 minutes of my life. So I don't even know. I mean, it oh, felt like man. an hour. And, and we're looking at it going, we're only how far? So this is where it gets weird. 
that murder we had alluded to earlier happens now. <laughs> yeah, like the way the synopsis made it sound like, ooh, this woman's going to manipulate them, and then it escalates to murder. And really, like, nothing has happened yet. Like, nothing she, escalated. <laughs> yeah, she, she lied to them about having a ticket to this event. She um, had her pixie haircut girl call the boyfriend so that he didn't go because he thought he had a meet with a client or something. So that she um, never to herself. Right. She and Sarah could go to this party. But like that is all the manipulation ha- that has happened. And you don't <laughs> even see why. I mean, it's so weird. It's like, why would you do this? You know, like yeah. it's like it's not even like in most of these movies, it is a slow manipulation so that there's cross wires and you're slowly separating the two people so right. that they're always misunderstanding each other and then, and then you make it so they break up like that. I mean, that's usually how this works and it was like you know, I'm going to do this one party, and then boom, we're going to the shop for the ring, and then let me take this shortcut. So all of a sudden she's down an alleyway. alleyway through a broken gate. I mean, it wasn't even like, oh, the shortcut that's just right here. I mean, it yeah, literally looks they had sketch. to like They had to like shimmy through this broken gate to use this shortcut, right. which she's not even from that area. She's from New Orleans. Tell me she knows shortcuts around South it Carolina. Made no South sense. California. Yeah. It made no sense. And then, so all of a sudden, up comes this person in the hoodie, and it turns out it's the pixie-cut best friend from, you know, her school in New Orleans, who pulls out a knife and says, give me the ring. Now, this is the part that was really crazy. I'm like, number one, how's this girl supposed to know there's a ring? Was she watching him buy it, maybe, and walk out of the store? Maybe, and continue to... Yeah. Chase him down. All Just having to have a butcher knife. Because it wasn't even like, a, I got a knife. It's like, I got a kitchen knife. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> it was like 14 inches long. It was like, belongs in your kitchen. Yeah, it didn't look like anything you would have on It wasn't a switch blade or yeah, something. It was crazy. And um, so he's like, what? And he's like, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to give it to you kind of thing. And, and then she goes. And he overpowers her. Well, he starts to overpower her. And the other girl says, Kate's name. She goes, Kate, stop him or something. So yeah. I was thinking, oh, well, this is not just going to be a robbery because now he hears her name. Turns out it was never going to be a robbery. She was supposed to have a gun. She was supposed to shoot him. Shoot him. So she now pressures the blonde chick. Well, first of all, she takes a knife and stabs herself. So, that <laughs> so now like- you know she's psychotic. Before you just thought she was evil. Now you know she's psycho. Right, because she stabbed herself in the side. To make it look like, oh, I got attacked by this crazy woman in an alley, and then that crazy woman killed your fiance. I'm so sorry, Sarah. But then she made the pixie cut girl, cut girl, cut girl, uh, cut girl, stab him to death. Which is why I was like, why didn't you stab him to death? Your fingerprints are on it anyway. And then you know, stab yourself. But you, she made her, and she did it. It was crazy. Yeah, because I guess pixie haircut girl really loves her or something. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, they always say. Uh, marijuana is the gateway drug. But seriously, she's so addicted to marijuana, and she's so in love with this woman that she will stab this other guy to death. I mean, we never even yeah. saw she manipulated her into this decision. It was yeah. crazy. It was like, anyway. I know. It was almost, it, it isn't like a movie of the week, but it almost was. You know how everything's like so crazy, all the consequences are so great, you know? Yeah. It was like, uh, she didn't 
fall in with the wrong crowd and smoke weed, she wouldn't be in this alley stabbing someone to death. And I'm like, I always heard that people who smoke weed are just like really hungry. And never thought it actually meant that they They're felt the need to kill people to death in alleyways. So it was really odd. And what was odd about this is, I mean, like we said, it's, it was only like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. And we're like, what is she going to do now? She's already won. She already got the, rid of the guy. That was her whole goal. And then here comes the real shock of the movie. Not only did that happen so fast, but we have another montage. We have a montage of the next two months of the other girl crying. <laughs> oh, well, that was strange. They actually have a montage of the relationship between Sarah and her fiancé. Now, these are all scenes we have never seen before, so it's not like flashing back her to something right, right, what we never saw. that we <laughs> can connect to. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that time they did this. It was just like, oh, I guess they did these things. <laughs> right, you never really had any time to really bond with this guy anyway. He wasn't no. anything special, but, uh, yeah... Other than the fact that he gave her flowers every Friday, although his parents owned a flower shop, so we won't say. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so it was odd. A montage of two months later of her being all upset and finally her friend trying to get her out of her funk and saying, let's finally open that flower shop. <laughs> and she was saying, was she saying, oh, it was at the place where they had something else had been, and so... She got her to sign on to do the flower shop. <laughs> she was like, all right, I'll do the flower shop. But during this time, she's been doing her crazy stuff, which is deleting all the um, voicemail and messages. Oh, yes. So this was... Her oldest nine... brother-in-law. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. This was in 1997. So she doesn't have to, like, steal a cell phone to delete all the voicemails. They just have, like, a house phone. And so she's deleting it off the answering machine. So Ezra, her almost brother-in-law, keeps calling, tries to connect with her, and all of his messages are being deleted. And sometimes he'll actually talk to Kate, and Kate will be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll pass along your message, and then she never does. And so he thinks that Sarah's brushing him off. Which is what she's trying to do. <laughs> she's trying to isolate her, and I think her eventual end goal is to get her to be kind of so unhappy there that she moves to New Orleans. But Sarah is like, don't you love it here? I love it here. Let's open a shop here. And I think she's like, well, I mean, I guess I can make that work. Um, but really, Psycho can't make it work because she wants her all to herself. And there's too many people that, you know, want to be friends with Sarah. with Sarah. Yeah, too many people that care about her. So that yeah. was kind of... If, if this was a better movie, then they would have really driven home the emotional manipulation Oh, yeah. But, but it wasn't. It was just deleting email. I mean, phone right. calls. Right. I was like, okay. That, that was her big scheme. Um, well, she does have more schemes later. Oh, my gosh. Really which crazy. Which we don't find out about until later. <laughs> I will admit that that was one she, little they're, yeah, they're, that I was not expecting. Yeah. They are living together this whole time. Um, so, presumably so that um, Kate can look after Sarah in her time of need, etc. Now, we've always had a small idea, even before we knew that Kate was a lesbian, that her obsession with her seemed a little sexual, not just, right. you know, obsessed. So when later she uh, gets her high on weed. And, and drunk on margaritas. Yes. And then they have a good time together. It's not all that much of a surprise. <laughs> it's more of a surprise, though, that the Sarah seemed actually into it. Yeah, because we weren't sure if Sarah was going to be into it or not. Right. And I thought that was the main problem that Kate had was, like, oh, is Sarah going to be open 
to a relationship or with me yeah. or not. Like, because if she's, you know, strictly heterosexual or has never experimented or whatever. But then we find out later that occasionally they would get drunk and high and hook up. And I don't think that's what she was saying, though. Is that not? No. Because I thought they were doing that. Yeah. And then the it was thing. not enough for her. I'm so not she, sure. Like, kept on. I'm not sure. That was a little unclear whether or not it was. Yeah. yeah. You're right. It might have been one or the other, which we won't tell you yet because that just makes that this comes whole thing. out later. I mean, this whole movie is slow, and it's strangely paced, and nothing is building yeah, on true characters. Yeah, it fits and starts. Yeah, and then things like will happen, and then you won't know what's happening, and then they'll be like, "This is all that's happened," and it's like, "Wow, that's so interesting. Why didn't you show me any of that?" Right, right, <laughs> right. So I think that's the thing. And then later, like you say, things come out. We're not even 100 percent sure what happened, what didn't happen. It's all very strange. So. Yeah. So basically, Kate and Sarah are, in fact, going to open up a shop in Southern California. Um, and they do. Open and one. they do. And Kate decides to scare Sarah away from all men <laughs> by having her date a man who she makes look like a rapist. And so she does this. Well, now, okay, first of all, let's say we didn't know that. She meets no, this guy. No, she just meets this guy at the gym. At the gym. And he owns a boat just kind of like her dad's boat. And they go out and they have a good time. And, they and he's very charming. Yeah. And we've seen him in a bunch of things. Yeah. I forget his name. So we definitely find him charming. <laughs> but he's very nice. Yeah, he was in the 4400. He was the main character. Yeah. So, um, and so he seems really nice and everything, but... Uh, a few dates in or something, uh, she tells the story to Kate of uh, all of a sudden the FBI come. And they're saying that he is uh, taking inappropriate, he's a photographer, and that he's taking inappropriate pictures of younger people and having inappropriate relations with younger a younger woman. And so later we find out, as Megan was saying, that, well, you want to say tell what we found out? Sure. So I'm not sure how... Kate found this man, but she gave him like a roofie, undressed him, and then I guess hired this girl to take off her clothes and lay next to him and then took pictures of them. We never meet this young girl. We, we see a picture of like a bruised face of hers, and that is it. <laughs> and then I guess she calls in an anonymous tip or mails it to the FBI or something. Or does you she know, ask the girl to come forward and claim that she's been raped? I'm not sure because they don't <laughs> actually have any evidence. So I think she was maybe calling something in so that he would be pressured. Because what right. happened was he was supposed to seduce her, the Sarah, and then dump her. And he didn't actually sleep with her. So Kate was very upset with that because oh, he just okay. cuddled with her. And they were making a real relationship. And he tried to... Um, and how we all find this all out, like, we don't even know any of this, until later, um, he tries to give money to Kate. And we're like, why is he, why giving, is he giving money, money to, Kate? to Kate? Like, they've only met once. What right. is their relationship? Why does he even have cash? Right. What is and then it starts coming out then later what's going on. And what's going on is this whole blackmail thing and that he's like, I want out. She's like, you're not getting out, you know. And, and then she blackmails him by making fake photos of him. Fake photos, and then also has her pixie cut hair cut friend go on the boat when. And so when he's going up with Sarah, 
pretend that she is some in some relationship with him. So, oh, yeah, and he doesn't even know who that girl pixie cut haircut is. But she <laughs> right. goes, "Hey, honey, it's good to see you back." Blah blah blah. Right. And so finally, all the because she believed him when the FBI came that he said, "No, this isn't true. This is yeah. da da da." But after that, it was like one more thing too many. So Sarah didn't believe him and broke up with him. The thing that doesn't make sense about this is like, I mean, Photoshop wasn't great back then, but you could just fake those photos. You didn't have to like roofie him and hire a girl and then take photos. Like that seems like the hardest way to go about that. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, first of all, how did she even find him? And then, uh, yeah, why know, this guy? Right. So, I mean, and then he met her at a bar, this girl, and they had drinks and they roofied him, but it was, it was very strange. I mean, the whole thing was strange. No, and like I said, explained just pretty much as fast as we're explaining it to you. Yeah. There's no Yeah, more you see than that. one scene where he's handing her money. You don't hear any dialogue. <laughs> um, Which happens a lot in this movie, yeah. actually. Yeah. People will start talking to each other, and then it's almost as if the sound editor gets bored. <laughs> and he's like, you guys know what they're saying to each other, essentially, so I'll just pump up the music and take everyone else down. And it's just silent for a couple of seconds. It's like, what is happening? The actors, they just didn't know how to rein it in. And so they thought, we'll just let him go. And we'll just, because that's about to happen actually on one of the scenes. So, so, all right. Are we going to be at the point where he's giving her money and the brother-in-law is watching? Is there anything else we need to hit before that? I don't know. Well, the brother-in-law, oh, well, there is one scene earlier. The brother-in-law Obviously, he's been leaving messages. He's been leaving messages with her and on the machine, and she's not getting any of them. And at first, he thought it was Sarah was just, you know, obviously depressed and just cutting them all out of their life. But he starts to realize something's wrong. And at one point, he left a message saying he was going to be somewhere, and then Kate met him there. And then he had said, oh, there's this necklace that Sarah likes, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about buying it for her. And then Kate buys it for her instead. So when he sees it later, he goes, something is wrong with this girl. He's like, and he says, she's not doing the messages. And, you know, and he keeps on, he's listing all these things that look really odd. And she bought yeah. this necklace and she knows where and I'm he, at. He um, had some sort of silly invention that he wanted to talk to some CEO of some company to produce. And then right before he goes into the meeting, there's a um, phone call from some woman saying, don't go forward with it. I've come up with this idea. I have a patent. Blah blah blah. Right, right. Just some call. So, and that was weird too. Yeah, it's she like was you're not going to do any sort of due diligence on that, or did she actually have to get a patent on his idea in order to screw him over? I'm not sure. They because really it just sounded that. like she just literally called this business, and they're like, "Oh, if you say so, we're just going to trust you. We're not going to check with the patent office. Who's well, got time for that?" Too. And Megan was like, "And how do you have the phone over to the CEO, and they're going to put yeah. you through to talk to the CEO?" I, I mean, if it's a really small company, I've done that before, right. where I've like been like, "Oh, can I talk to the CEO?" Have you done that? Yeah. Wow. And then it, it was like literally like there's three people who work there. There's the receptionist, there's the vice president, and there's the president of the company, and they're like, "Okay," and then they patch me right through, and I was like. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, so. <laughs> but like, if you're calling a company of more, if of 50 people or more, you are not going to talk to the CEO unless you're able to name drop or say they're expecting my call. And then the receptionist. And even then they usually is, check with them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you but, have a three o'clock call? Yeah. So she ruined that deal for him. So he was like, all and upset. he's like, it was a woman and no other women know except for you, Sarah, and Kate. And then Sarah's like, well, your girlfriend knows. 
And he's like, don't Why put you this on. Why are you my girlfriend, which we never met? <laughs> I know. He's like Sybil, and we're like, who the hell is Sybil? <laughs> Crazy. So, of course, he uh, does what anyone would do, which I totally think so, is he follows Kate. And Kate goes to the marina where the boat is, and he sees the boyfriend trying to give back the money. And he's like, what is going on? So stupid. What's his name again? Ezra. Ezra. He goes and confronts Kate. Which, would you confront someone who's doing all this crazy stuff? But he doesn't know. First of all, he doesn't know. Well, he know. doesn't know that she's a murderer. No, no. But, I mean, he does know that she's probably not well. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes up to her and he goes, I saw that, you know, and what's going on? And so he doesn't know that he just kind of made her crack. All of a sudden you hear a gunshot. And then she's driving away looking crazy. And in the car with her is Pixie Hair Girl because she had just done the thing where she was on the boat and she made the boyfriend look bad. Right, like they were actually together. Right. So she goes and she runs up and she's in the car <laughs> and they're driving away and uh, the boyfriend sees that there's the dead body and so he's running to go to Sarah. Yeah, they're just driving through the streets in the middle of the day with a dead body in the back seat. <laughs> oh, no, there's not a dead body in the back seat. Oh, they don't? I thought no. that's what you were saying. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. You're talking about Pixie Hair Girl then. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so what happens is Pixie Hair Girl is losing it because she's just Screaming, crying. She's like, we need to leave the country. We need to run. I mean, she's right. But she oh, is yeah. flipping out. It's, it's kind of funny because she's acting like a real human being in this moment. Right. So she's acting like really realistically. But it is kind of irritating. <laughs> oh, I mean, she is screaming and she is losing her mind. And then, okay, she's screaming, screaming. And all of a sudden, they take the volume down, put up the music. And you see the other girl is just kind of, she's almost losing it. Because she's kind of like talking to herself, muttering to herself, kind of like, I can't I, take this girl. Well, no, she's kind of like, what am I going to do now? Okay, I can do this or I can do that. You know, you can see her right. thinking. She's but trying just, to calculate. Right. But she's going through like this whole crazy thing. And the girl next to her is screaming. And so all of a sudden, you see her pull up out her gun again and shoot the girl in the head and she goes to her now can you please be quiet or something like that <laughs> and then she i mean she's driving in a convertible this is hilarious because she's got this dead girl now in the front seat with her <laughs> and she's driving around a convertible and you're like even no in- one's gonna stop you and say hey is that girl is she all right she doesn't I don't seem quite right i've heard rumors about california but really i mean it's uh that's crazy so um oh boy then she pulls into an alley and then gets out sashays around the car, opens up the door, pulls the girl out, sashays back around and drives off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, after the... Uh, earlier in the movie, we established that Pixie Hair Girl and Kate have a sexual relationship, and then Pixie Hair Girl is concerned that maybe Kate's obsessed with Sarah? <laughs> and it's like, oh, pixie hair girl, you are not too smart. <laughs> Why do you think we're in California? Like, because of Sarah. Why do you think you had to kill Sarah's fiance? Because Kate wants to be with Sarah. Why is Kate living with Sarah all these months and keeping you away in this little hotel room where she occasionally meets you? It's because she's in love with Sarah. She was so stupid. Well, especially, like you say, the killing of the almost fiancé was like... That should really, really tipped you off, I mean. I mean, they never explained how she explained well, to her why she did. She did briefly say, claim that the boyfriend was beating up... Oh, right, right, right. Um, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. I do remember hearing that. So, that's true. There was that. But, so, here we are, and while Crazy Girl is driving... Where is she driving now? Now that she's got She's going back to the house. Yes. 
But she's been driving around, and during that time when she's driving with the blonde chick and she's yelling and screaming and deciding what to do, the um, boyfriend comes to the house, and Sarah has been finally digging through the house and trying to find, after that weird shoe-throwing scene, she tries. Oh, we should explain the weird shoe throwing scene. I know, I just remembered I'm like, I, that was I think weird. she just gets, like, really frustrated. So she's walking down her hallway. She looks down. She sees her shoe. She gets really mad. She takes off her shoe. She turns around. She throws her shoe at the wall. It hits a vase. The vase falls off the table. The glass shatters. She kind of is no longer angry and is just now, oh, I've got to clean that up. Gets a waste paper basket that's made of wire mesh. Which is dumb for glass. I mean, come on. It's all going to fall out. She walks back into the hallway, starts sweeping it up, and it's all just so that she can find this one post-it note that was stuck in the garbage can that's further proof that her friend is, like, deleting messages. And, yeah, just she's messing around. And this one had to do, of course, with Ezra's project, and it was the phone number to that CEO. Oh, right. But, I mean, it really was the beginning of something's wrong, which after all this time I can't believe she didn't suspect. But, so she goes, and she's digging out, and she's finding all this money and all this stuff, and that's where the boyfriend comes in, and he tells her everything real fast, and he says, this is what's going on. This is on. all that happened, and we're like, that's a way more interesting movie. Why didn't we follow all that information? I know, that would have been so much more interesting from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, at, at first, she was like, well, let's go to the, let me call the police, and he's like, no, she's got this on me, and she's like, well, now I have the pictures, and so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take the stuff to the boat, and you come, oh, that's what it was. I'm going to take this stuff to the boat, and uh, you come, you know, and she's like, I'll give me a minute, i got to grab something. He's like, okay, well, you'll meet me there. Well, Kate has been actually at the boatyard uh, looking around. We don't know exactly what she's done, but she's been at the boatyard, and that's why she hasn't come home yet and hasn't been there. But, of course, after the guy leaves, in comes Kate in on Sarah before Sarah's able to leave, and we have our big fight scene. Right, because all of these movies end with, the villain and the heroine, like, fighting each other, and then the villain dying. <laughs> but, yeah, that was really weird. What was it that Sarah had to grab, anyways? What do you mean? Oh. She had to grab something before she could go off with the Was it her guy. purse? I mean, something stupid. Yeah, I don't know but if she's that's what didn't make sense, too. Because if it was like, oh, I need to grab my purse, then you could say... Hold on 30 seconds. I will literally jump in the car with you. We can take one car to the marina. Or we can even take two, but go together. There was no reason for him to go ahead and leave, and she has to have this whole fight scene. Uh, It it, it was just so that they would be alone to fight. So they fight and fight and fight. Turns out the other girl pulls out the gun on her when she tries to pull a knife, I think, on Kate. Sarah tries to pull a knife on Kate. Kate has a gun. gun. So Kate all of a sudden's got her pinned up against the wall, and now it's supposed to be sexy or disgusting. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, because she's she's like, right? Yeah, and she's like, oh, you like this? You like this? And like, Sarah's wearing jeans, so I don't know how much she's supposed to be getting out of that whole scene, anyways. (laughs) And imagine what you will. But during this horrible scene, all of a sudden we learn that. Kate and her have either been voluntarily hooking up or not. Some of the time, or not voluntarily hooking up ever. But we know that they definitely sometimes did not voluntarily hook up. Yeah, sometimes. She was giving her date rape drugs. And coming to her when she was unconscious and having her way with her. And I was like, I mean, these movies are always a little sleazy, and I'm okay with that. But, like, this was too much... This is just too much. This is not... Because I come to these movies with a sense of fun 
And, like, that's what thrillers should be. I felt like this was... If you're not going to, like, take it seriously and put it in something like a drama, don't address something like this at all. That's almost been being raped for years. Right. Because it was all through college. Yeah. And and she had been drugging her a couple times there, too. So it was weird. And so finally, Sarah pretends a little bit she's going to Also, the the way that they make the drugs is, like, magic. You know, how movies, they always make everything, like, crazy. So, like, she has this new drug that makes it seem like she's... The boyfriend or something. It's hallucinogenic or something. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> I don't know. The whole thing was like a really gross turn that we were like, oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, really good. <laughs> no. And so when she's like saying, now saying, you like this, you like this, Sarah's able to get her hand on the gun and shoots her in the foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> That was actually pretty off. funny because no, because Kate's like, you shot me in the foot? I mean, it was weird. Yeah, because she's she's crazy. crazy, And in order to establish that she's crazy, she has to maniacally laugh all the time. And so here she is, kind of, Sarah's got the gun. She doesn't think Sarah's going to do anything. And she's like, and by now, your boyfriend will be dead because I, which, by the way, how did she know how to do this? But somehow (laughs) she was able to rig the boat so that... It would explode. Yeah, like you would smell gas or something, and then you would flip the normal switch that you normally would flip. But in this case, it wouldn't do it the right way. And it would explode. But of course, like I say, I just don't understand how people are supposed to know how to do these things. I mean, I've seen certain things in movies. Does it mean I know how to do it? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe she just got a few books out of the library. She has a lot of time on her hands before they opened up the shop. Oh, I mean, listen, we don't know what she's been doing with her time. We didn't know she had, like, blackmailed and hired this guy. I mean, yeah. this time I mean, who, who knows what she's been doing with her time? Other than cooking gumbo and making margaritas. She's had nothing but free time. Which, again, just because she's in New Orleans doesn't mean she knows how to cook gumbo. And even if she does, isn't gumbo supposed to take hours? I mean, how many hours was she doing there with the gumbo? I just don't think it was accurate. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. but um, so, the, the, the first scene where they're all in the kitchen and Kate is meeting the boyfriend and Ezra, they do this annoying toast... <laughs> and you know Kate is kind of excluded from this even though she's like invited to do it with them because she obviously doesn't know their little toast thing but then she decides to do the toast thing to Sarah as who knows why she does but she does and then Sarah shoots her and it makes it seem the way it's cut together that like she's just like wow you're so irritating let me shoot you <laughs> But of course it's not. It's because you're a psycho killer. Well, I think even more than a psycho killer, which, by the way, I don't even know if she realizes at this time that she actually is responsible for her fiance's fiance. death. Like, no. they never resolve that, whether or not they know that or not. Yeah, that's true. Because so. she doesn't know anything about the pixie haircut girl, even. No, no. She, she knows there was a mugger, of, but she yeah. doesn't know what she looks like or anything about no. her. No, so I think eventually, in the part that we never see, obviously they find the body of the pixie. The boyfriend probably goes, that's the girl, and she recognizes the girl from the boat. And then I think they could put some of it together. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll ever know that that was who killed her fiance, though they can su- suspect. So, yeah. so anyway, so she goes and she runs to the marina trying to, to – she tried to call her boyfriend, couldn't get him. Runs to the marina, and as she's running there, the boat explodes, and she's no, like, no! not the new boyfriend. Yeah. But it turns out it's not the new boyfriend. 
it's the poor mechanic guy we met five minutes earlier. Um, <laughs> and you see his poor dog run up because you realize, no, it was the mechanic who smelled the gasoline. He went to go fix it just as he should and blew up the boat. So. And we're like, oh, I guess that's okay. Who cares about the mechanic? <laughs> I mean, it was cute. It was too bad, but someone had to die. <laughs> it's just very typical of these movies where it's like... And at least they saved the dog. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, and then that was pretty much it. You got to see her packing up her house. Yeah. Because I guess had too many bad memories of Psycho Girl in it. And uh, then you see her meeting up tosses... her boyfriend on the pier. Yeah, and she tosses away that necklace that Ezra almost bought her. And um, that... Kate actually did buy her as part of her seduction plan. It was a truly horrible movie, I must oh. say, because the pacing was weird. And there were a lot of times when we, like, say, all of a sudden there was music, people were talking. Like, there was a time where she went into the bathroom when her friend was about to take a bath, and you could tell her friend was mad, saying, give me my space, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but no we dialogue. Have, we didn't hear it. We see they're talking, and, and no that, dialogue. And no dialogue. <laughs> so, I mean, there was just a lot of that. And like I said, obviously, weird pacing, not much backup or backstory to what was going on. And, and then was, all of a sudden, an explosion of backstory that we didn't know anything about. Right. And it was just, I don't know. Also, she, none of it, I mean, I guess she's psychotic, so how much of what she does is supposed to make sense, I'm not sure. But, like, it wasn't as if, I mean, she is trying to isolate her. Right. And she is living with her. Right. And she is trying to get her to be a business partner with her. <laughs> but. Check, 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 yes. But, <laughs> like. There's really, other than her buying the necklace, there's no sense of, like, Kate trying to woo this girl. Now it just seems like she just wants access to her at all times, because apparently now she's a serial rapist, which was like, I would much rather her just be playing mind games with her. <laughs> this is just, it was a very bizarre movie. But it was very much in that, like, um, what do you call them? Like, erotic thriller kind of thing. But it was just... It was very much, too, of the genre of the whole idea of someone is psychotically, you know, or, or someone is obsessed. And yeah. I think, you know, someone is obsessed with someone. But I think it was just so odd because her, I mean, to think that she'd been able to manipulate her for so long. Now, granted, they were young. And the way, actually, that was one thing that was, I don't know if it helped or not. But the way she got her in the first place was they were in high school together. And Sarah had been pregnant. And she was walking home upset one day. And up pulls this girl in her new car that her father had given her, up pulls Kate. And so Kate actually ends up helping her, uh, you know, get an abortion. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, they're best friends. So I feel like Kate saw a window where Sarah was vulnerable and came right in. And because of that, that's why... um, Sarah just assumed, oh, you're my guardian angel. Right, right. So I think when she went to California, she was, like, enjoying her new life. And you know how friends do... But, um, you know, it just really was, I, you know, like I said. It, and the dialogue was weird in parts, too. Like, at one point, they called Margarita's Margie's. It was like, I don't, I've never heard anyone say that. I felt the strangest, most, uh, like, say, odd part with dialogue was when she first was meeting, like, say, the boyfriend and his brother, and they were all together. It felt very stilted and very strange. And Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then later that evening, before... Sarah launches into her tale of having been um, pregnant and having met Kate for the first time. She's, or right after that, I guess, she says to him, uh, sleep with angels. That was weird. 
And and then he said, I sleep with one every night. <laughs> and I, I don't know, I guess it was just like sweet dreams, but it sounded vaguely like a threat. Like sleep with angels makes it sound like you're going to die. Fishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, gonna... You're going to be with angels and that's in heaven and yeah. you're going to be dead. But, it was, yeah. I mean, this is what was so shocking, like we said, is it was such a bad movie. I mean, it's bad for made for television. And to think that this movie actually was released somewhere. In multiple countries, I think. They, they they showed me a German title and, like, another title. So this had international release. <laughs> and let me just say again, please don't watch this movie. I mean, it's remarkably <laughs> funny. It is yeah. really, like, say, it's an hour and a half, and it was, uh, let's see, 85 minutes too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was crazy, too, because what we finished the movie at, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't that late, and yet we felt, like, just emotionally exhausted. Like, we should just go to bed. <laughs> because it just, like, took our will to live, this movie. <laughs> it was it was bad. Like I say, don't watch it. Don't, don't watch, it. watch it. So, okay. So we usually do stars and then mockability. So I would say out of stars, it's like a one. I'll and go out with of... negative one for the rate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm good with that. Yeah. And then for mockability, I'm going to go zero. I don't know. I mean, I think it was a little bit more than that. I think it would have two stars for mockability. Yeah. Only because the strange montages. If you just chopped off, like, the last 15 minutes. Because that was the only part that actually storyline was coming. It was just so funny. You should see my face. When he killed, when she had the boyfriend killed, like, 15 minutes 15 minutes, minutes in, into the movie. We're like, was, where is this going to go? If I that's where we shocked. already are. My face, my mouth was literally open. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. So I yeah. would definitely say there's, there's four two. dead people at the end of the movie. Yeah. There's the the boyfriend, Ezra when he confronts her, pixie hair girl, and mechanic guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. So it yeah. does escalate from one to four different people, but yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. Whew. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast. Hopefully, even though we've cut the cable, we'll find other cable television shows or made-for-TV movies, uh, and we won't accidentally watch more terrible theatrical release movies. (laughs) Um, See you later.